Hey there, Cowboy fans. Welcome to the Unbiased Podcast on America's Team. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and joining me, as always, is Coach Ty Rogers, one of our analysts over at Pigskin Nut and a lifelong Cowboy fan, and we are the Big D Beatdown, and we are brought to you today by PigskinNut.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football news and podcasts. Whether you're in your car, taking a break from work, or just relaxing at the house, it's always better to be doing so while you're getting your football fix. We break down players on our pro football scouting show, as well as tackle some of the most current and controversial topics on our football roundtable. We discuss some of the all-time greats on our show Wide Right and put out exclusive shows on some of your favorite NFL teams, such as the Giants, Eagles, Browns, Broncos, Chiefs, Steelers, and of course, your Dallas Cowboys. Make pigskinnut.com your ultimate source for football news and podcasts. If you want quality football analysis with independent opinions from people who know and understand the game, head over to Pigskin Nut. Remember guys, Pigskin Nut for those crazy about football. All right, Coach Ty, you know, let's get right into it. The Cowboys, um, you know, this is one of those weeks where I don't know how many Cowboys showed up at the, you know, you know, early in the week. They showed up to the facility and had much to say. I, I'm sure a lot of guys were, were you know, were d- didn't want to do much talking. They were ready to get back to work. They were ready to get back to focusing on winning a, a football game and, and getting this taste out of their mouth after a Minnesota game that in some ways was an outstanding game and in so many others was absolutely embarrassing. You know, but but that game's passed. There's nothing we can do against Minnesota now. You know, we got to move on to the Detroit Lions, a Detroit Lions team that has not been an easy out for anybody this season. And, you know, and and is 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 going to come out and is going to play darn good football. Now, I'll also say this, it's a Detroit Lions team that is as pretty darn beat up at this point as well. And that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with the injury report. Right now, Detroit, I mean Matt Stafford, uh, you know, did not participate on in on Wednesday. There's a strong chance that we might see uh, Jeff Driscoll, that backup, uh, you know, make his second career start. Uh, but then again, Matt Stafford is a Dallas boy. You know, this is a kid that went to Highland Park. This is a kid who I'm sure loves playing against the Dallas Cowboys. So you just don't know. You just don't know how to prepare. And let's start with that, Coach Ty. You know, talk about how tricky this can be to prepare, you know, for a team. And you don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Well, you see all the time when a backup quarterback will come into a situation like this. Um, and not that it's guaranteed, but it does happen frequently. And all of a sudden, it's like the, the you know the defense had no clue what the tendencies were of that offense, and all of a sudden the backup quarterback you know ends up winning a football game. And the reason is that the NFL is definitely a tendency heavy league when it comes to game plans. You know what you got, in Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is one of the quality quarterbacks in this league. Um, so when you play a Matthew Stafford, you know what they're looking to do. You know what his favorite throws are you have a pretty good idea of what you got to stop. You see a one-time Jeff Driscoll, who did not have a great game, um, you're not sure exactly what it is that they're going to do to protect him, to adjust. And so now your game plan changes a little bit on defense. The problem with that is is that if your game plan changes the wrong way, then now you put yourself into the positions where you're over-leveraged or you're not taking care of business when it comes to taking away the primary weapon of that offense uh, because you thought Matthew Stafford was going to be the guy and you got tendencies on him, but not on Jeff Driscoll. Now, that being said, 
That doesn't happen every time that a backup quarterback rolls up in this league. We well know this is a quarterback-driven uh, league, and generally when you are on your backup, unless he is somebody pretty you know, super, um, you know, not everybody has a Teddy Bridgewater, then you're going to lose some elements of your offense that you would feel more comfortable with the starting quarterback doing. So if that happens and the Cowboys can take advantage of it, then you're – you know, looking at a situation then where the Cowboys should be able to press their advantage personnel-wise, be able to bring more blitzes, more stunts, uh, and feel comfortable that they're not going to get burned doing that like they did last week. Uh, so hopefully what that means for the Cowboys is that they can simplify their game plan on defense and they can start playing with more aggression and better discipline. However, if for some reason, they continue to have the start they've had over the last couple of weeks against decent teams, and they let the Detroit Lions hang around. Now you're dealing with a wild card. Now you're dealing with something that is unknown and unproven, and you're not going to necessarily know what the next step is. And if that's the case, you get up in a situation where you're looking pretty foolish, uh, kind of like the Cowboys did against the Jets. Uh, you know, and now Sam Darnold was coming back from an injury, but. We don't want to put the defense in that position where they're going to look like they don't have a clue how to you know, stop that offense uh, against the Detroit Lions. So uh, what I'm hoping is that Rob Marinelli and Chris Richard are getting their heads together and simplifying things so that they can be aggressive against this back quarterback if that's who plays. And more importantly, get the type of start that they had against Philadelphia where that defense is getting turnovers and making Detroit have to play from behind and giving our offense the opportunity to do what they do pretty well, which is put points on the board. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and boy, you, you sure hit the nail on the head with starts. We're going to get to that in just a bit. But before we do, uh, the Cowboys also have some injuries. And, and before we leave Detroit, uh, you know, let's, uh, I'll remind everybody right now, you know, this is a ball control team that loves to shorten the game a lot like old Cowboys teams have in the past, um, and, um, and you know, I, I'll be honest with you, though, they're, they're on their third or fourth running back at this point. Um, you know, we don't know what quarterback's going to play, but what we do know is 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 this offense certainly doesn't look to be the same group that, that we would have expected to see when this season started. Um, but, you know, let, let, let's get over to our Cowboys right now and, and who all's banged up. Because we, we've definitely got our fair share of banged up players. We are not unique in that sense to any other team. And that guys like Lyle Collins, like Zach Martin, like Tyron Smith, you know, are playing week after week with, with injuries. And, and, and Cowboy fans, you can't, you know, we, we, we're hard on them because we didn't think they did a very good job of blocking for the run, you know, against Minnesota or in a number of games this year. Um, you know, I'll just say this much, you know, Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith have, you know, have, have been questionable. It seems like since very early in the season, Zach Martin going back into training camp, Travis Frederick, we just don't know how strong that shoulder is. We don't, he's not necessarily playing like Travis Frederick of old, um, Overall, you know, we're banged up. Amari Cooper is probably going to have, you know, limited participation and more practices for the rest of the season than he does have full participation in. Um, you know, so right now the, the, the Cowboys definitely have, we've got our, our, you know, bangs and bruises. Connor Williams is out. 
It appears as if Xavier Suofilo is going to be that guy that steps in for him. Now, I know there's been some people critical of Connor Williams. Um, I think he's definitely played better this year than he did last year. He has improved against power. Does he occasionally have problems with it? Sure. Um, Xavier uh, Suofilo probably won't have those same problems with power, but in the same sense, he's going to have some issues in space. You know, this is not a guy that's going to be able to uh, to make those blocks in open space like Connor Williams does, or be able to pull like Connor Williams does. Pass protection is going to be a little bit of an issue, um, but um, but still, I mean, you know, he's healthy. I'll say that much. That's the one thing. He's the one offensive line we can guarantee is healthy. What I want to ask you is this, Coach Ty. Because we brought this up earlier in the season. More importantly, I brought this up earlier in the season. And I wound up, uh, I wouldn't say eating my words, but but thinking to myself, what a mistake it would have been. Going back to the New York Jets game, Tyron Smith, um, Lyle Collins, both had come out of that game You know, the week prior. Um, they were not healthy. There were uh, there were other players in this unit that were not healthy. I said, you know what? This is the Jets, guys. You know what? This is the week I think it's okay to rest guys like Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. More importantly, this is the week I think we need to give some some reps to Donovan Wilson. Give some reps to Luke Gifford. Some of these younger guys, Tristan Hill. Give some reps to some of these guys to see, you know, hey, how have you progressed? After all, it's just the New York Jets. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I, I was wrong in that situation, <laughs> you know. And yes, at the end of the day, they are an NFL team. You can't take them for for granted like that. However, the Cowboys have to be at their top shape to make this this late run. I mean this this. I mean, you think about New England. You think about the Rams. You think about going to Chicago. Uh, you think about Buffalo. You know, he's got one of the better defenses in the league. Closing up, you know, you know against Philly. I mean, we we've got to be in our best shape if we are going to going to win enough of those games to win this division. Because if you, I, I'm telling you now, Cowboy fans, you go look at Philadelphia's schedule. You look at ours; it favors Philadelphia. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And this team has yet to prove that they can beat a team that is as or more talented than they are. If that continues down the stretch. We've at least got two more losses on our schedule, possibly a third in Philadelphia. So, I mean, you know, it, it's going to be something to to consider. Do you can would you even consider that though, Coach Ty? Resting in Amari Cooper, resting a Lyle Collins, or even a Zach Martin, knowing that hey, you know, uh, you know, we we we've got to make sure that they're healthy for New England. We've got to make sure that they're healthy for. For Buffalo, for you know, for the Rams, the Bears, those games. What what, do you, what are your thoughts on that, Coach Ty? I think the Cowboys aren't good enough to rest anybody, and that's just bottom line. Um, you know, like I would tell my high school teams that I've coached, uh, you know, there's always that guy who's, you know, varsity game just got pulled up, or you know, varsity guys, young guys, like, hey, coach, put me in, put me in, put me in. Um, and you know, there's some guys, uh, at that level where be honest, they're not getting in unless you're 40 points up or 40 points behind the Cowboys have shown that they are not good enough or consistent enough. And really the worst consistency is not being good. We use that word way too much when we talk about sports 
when we talk about anything because it's a very generic word. Good teams are consistent teams. Those are the teams that win. Consistency is what you see in New England. Consistency is what you see with Baltimore this year. Consistency is what you see with San Francisco this year. Those are the things you've got to have. You know, truth of the matter is, is that the Cowboys have not shown that. And like you said, all you have to do is think about them rolling into the Meadowlands the first time this year against a team that had not won a game and getting embarrassed, literally embarrassed. By the time you looked up at halftime, you were thinking to yourself as a Cowboys fan, how in the world is this team going to be anywhere close to winning the NFC East, much less getting to the expectations that we've had all year when it comes to the talent of this roster. Now, I don't know if it was game plan. I don't know if they came in underestimating the Jets. I don't know if it was because they really didn't get a beat on Sam Darnold. What I do know is they lost. So the idea that the Cowboys can rest any of their players that they need to win until they have proven that they can beat somebody. If they go in and they're up in the fourth quarter and it's, you know, a 21, 28-point lead, you know, less than maybe six, seven minutes, okay, fine, get those guys out of there. But until that happens and until the Cowboys can consistently beat teams that they're supposed to beat, that, like you said, have an equal talent level, until they feel like they are anywhere close to being assured of the playoffs, for that matter. We have to remember, the Cowboys will not win the wild card. Look at the records that you've got in the NFC. The NFC is the better division. You've got a group of teams that are above the Cowboys if if they were the wild card. And right now, Philadelphia is not getting in the playoffs. That flips if Dallas loses. So there's no room for them for error. There's no room to take Detroit lightly. And like you said, because they play New England, because they play Buffalo, because they play Los Angeles, they have got to win this game. So, no, that, that's not something I would even consider in any way, shape, or form until they are handily able to have control of the game, knowing that they're going to win. Until that happens, which, again, for the Cowboys, when has that been a feeling that we've had since week two? It's not an option. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just flat out can't argue with that. Can't argue with it at all. You know, it, it's it's a romantic notion that all oh, Lyle Collins, Amari Cooper, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, you guys take it easy this week, man. Let's make sure you're healthy because we got a big one coming up next week. No, can't happen. Cannot happen. Um, having said that, um. You know, here's what's gonna gonna be probably as important as we've, uh, you know, and it's been important all year. And the Cowboys have flubbed it m- the majority of the time. Maybe Philadelphia is possibly the only one I wouldn't say that ag- about in, in our game against the Eagles. But the Cowboys have just been getting off to terrible starts. And you know, once again, last week we get into a four- fourteen nothing hole. Do we dig ourselves out of it? Yes. However, 
if it's 14 to 14 when we go on that run, we're not digging ourselves out of every anything. We are padding a lead. Now Kirk Cousins is having to throw the football. Now Dalvin Cook is is getting neglected. You know, um, I, I mean, I, I, I hate to continuously harp on this show after show after show, but we're just not getting good starts. You know, Kellen Moore, we know you script your early plays. You know, what do you need to change about what you're scripting in order for us to execute it properly? Jason Garrett, what do you have to change about, you know, this about this team's mindset to where they can execute it properly if the plays aren't the problem? Defense, holy smokes, what do you have to do? I'm pretty sure Chris Richard can't yell any louder than he already does. Chris Richard is one of the most vocal coaches in this league. I very seriously doubt that's changed this season. What is it going to take for you guys to come out with intensity and tackle? I mean, like I said, you know, we've only seen it once against Philadelphia. Coach Ty, you know, you know, what do you want to see from us in that first Two to three drives of the game. What do you want to see from these Dallas Cowboys, Coach Ty? Bottom line, touchdowns. They need to go score. Cowboys are built, and we said this pre-show, the Cowboys are built to win from the front. They are a front-running team. They are built to protect leads, not to scrape back. And even though they have done that the last few weeks, that energy wasted is what gets them in a situation in the fourth quarter where they look like they are not able to stop anybody and not able to score. There's a thing about energy in a football game, and that's you know a more complicated, I guess, subject than just whether or not teams are executing, whether there's good coaching. The bottom line is, is that you have a certain amount of energy based on your roster and based on your experience and whether or not you know how to be able to win in a tough circumstance. When we look at this roster, we've got to realize that these guys are good when they're ahead and they're not so good about coming back and winning when they're behind. They may make the game close. They fight. Dak Prescott right now, among all the quarterbacks in the league, is doing more in the fourth quarter than any quarterback I can think of. But because he's got to dig himself out of a hole just to get there, by the time it's all said and done, you get to that last drive, one mistake, one problem, one lack of execution, and it's over. That's got to stop being a pattern if the Cowboys want to be successful. And the only way that, that changes is how you start the game. You've got to go put it in the end zone. And you got to get the ball back just like you did against Philadelphia. And really that's the formula. When the Cowboys do what they did against Philadelphia – They can beat anybody. Go score, get the ball back on a turnover, on some high-energy loss, change of possession, shorten the field, and now that defense, Detroit or anybody else, has to deal with the fact that you've got multiple weapons that Dak Prescott can get the ball to and a running back when he's on his game who's the best in the league. So, in order for the Cowboys to not run up against this ridiculous fourth quarter heartbreaking three point two point loss they got to get themselves in position to where they're ahead 
and that starts in the first couple of minutes. Football coaches know that the most important times of the game are not two minutes left in the fourth quarter and certainly not two minutes left in the half, even though we have a warning for those. The most important parts of each game are the way you start the first quarter and the way you start the third quarter. That sets the tone, and on the sidelines, you feel that momentum, and players respond to that energy. And that's when things can change, and it's when things can be put away to where there's just too much to be done. You can't be the compact kids all the time. That, it, it makes for great theater, and it, every once in a while it makes for a thrilling comeback win. But it's not consistency. And so the Cowboys have got to start with touchdowns immediately, and then that ball's got to get back in their hands, and they've got to go score again. They have to make Detroit and most likely a backup quarterback who cannot or should not in any way be able to come back and lead the Lions be above the Cowboys after getting a, you know, a two-touchdown deficit or, or more to a victory. It should not happen if the Cowboys offense will just do what they did early in the year, which is spread the ball out, RPO, run Zeke Elliott, and go put the ball in the end zone, period. Yeah, and to your point, you know, you, you mentioned the word consistency. I don't know if the Cowboys have done anything consistently, good or bad, with the exception of these starts. One time, Philadelphia, they got off to a good start. Thanks to two turnovers and two touchdowns. That was it. That's it. And guys, you know, you can't say that we haven't done good things across the roster on this team. We just haven't done them consistently. Dak Prescott has had some amazing performances. A perfect quarterback rating in one game. Almost 400 yards in this last one. Three touchdowns. Only pick he threw was on the Hail Mary. You know, Ezekiel Elliott was coming off three straight 100-yard rushing games. Zeke Elliott is, you know, uh, I'm almost certain he's gone for at least four this year, if not five. We've run the ball well. Defense, you know, has, has gotten pressure on the quarterback. We've gotten some takeaways, you know, at times. <laughs> I got to be careful with that. At times, we've gotten takeaways. We stopped the run. We've stopped the pass. We just have done none of those things consistent, consistently. The only thing that we've done consistently is start off poor, with the exception of one game. We're going to go ahead and take a break now on the Big D Beatdown. When we get back, we're going to talk about this Dallas Cowboys offense taking on that Detroit Lions defense. We will get to all that when we get back here on the Big D Beatdown. And we are back here on the Big D Beatdown. I'm your host, Austin Smith, joined as always by Coach Ty Rogers. Ken Cunningham couldn't make it today, uh, but we are hopeful to get the, the full group back, uh, you know, for the, the Detroit Lions wrap-up, uh, which hopefully will be a fun, joyful show. Much more, uh, you know, much more joy than what we've, uh, what we've had over the past, you know, few days coming off a Minnesota win that was just very discouraging on a number of levels. Uh, Let's talk about this Cowboys defense against the Detroit Lions offense, who we don't know yet whether or not Matt Stafford will be the one running it uh, or it'll be Jeff Driscoll. Uh, you know, the running backs, I mean, the, 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 the carry on Johnson, who 
reminds me a lot of a back that would probably give us a, a lot of trouble. You know, these hard-nosed backs, I said it in the last show, you know, uh, coming out of Minnesota, that for some reason the Cowboys struggle with their tackling against these hard-nosed backs. Uh, and Carryon Johnson would usually present that. However, Carryon Johnson is, is on IR. Um, they do have some very good pass catchers. TJ Hawkinson, the rookie tight end, has looked sensational at times this year. Kenny Galladay is leading the league over Amari Cooper by one touchdown in, in, pass, in rece- receiving touchdowns. Um, he's a big body guy. Marvin Jones, obviously, is a little bit more their speed guy. Danny Amendola, you know, makes is still capable of making plays out of the slot. They've got some good pass catchers on this unit. Um, however, you know, that's 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 usually their second choice on how to move the football. This team is a carbon copy of what Dallas was during the early Dak Zeke years, during the the DeMarco Murray years. Um, where they are a run-first team that wants to slow the game down, minimize the opportunities for both offenses, and just flat-out out-execute you with their run game and their defense. That's what they want to do. Knowing that, you would think, especially if Driscoll is their quarterback, that you would want to overcommit to stopping the run in order to force a young, young, inexperienced quarterback to have to throw the football. Coach Ty, you know, I said it last week. I don't know, or, or in the last episode, I don't know why the Dallas Cowboys' defensive game plan should have been any different from Minnesota's. you got two quarterbacks that you want to force to throw the football and two running games that you want to limit. Difference is Minnesota did it better. They committed that safety on a regular basis, and they did it. So, Coach Ty... How do we, especially if Jeff Driscoll is their quarterback, how do we force this offense to be one-dimensional? How do we do it, Coach Ty? Well, two things. Number one, you may carry on Johnson a non-factor, which means you roll an extra safety in the box. Which which carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson is not going to be playing in this one anyhow. Like I said, he's on IR. But, you know, at this point, I could, I, I, I'd be lying to you if I could tell you who their starting running back is. Um, Ty Jones, Ty, you know, they, they've got two. Um, neither one of them has much experience in the NFL. But the bottom line is they're still going to hand it off. They're still going to do it. Yeah. That's what they um, do. Yeah, I've got to use care to follow and carry on Johnson and Auburn. That's why I know that name. Um, but, you know, bottom line, stop the run. Go, go ahead and roll up an extra guy, stop the run, and make Matt Driscoll have to throw it over your head. I don't know what is difficult about that for the Cowboys. I still think it comes down to a clash of, of personalities between Chris Richard and between uh, him and Rob Marinelli. I think Rob Marinelli still thinks it's 1997 and that they can play Tampa 2 against everybody and that they should be able to stop the run. I don't see the Cowboys having the personnel to do that. So go ahead and roll that extra guy down and really do what you did against Philadelphia. And this is what I don't understand. We talked about how different the defense looked against Philadelphia. Sean Lee played a lot more up on the line of scrimmage. He played a lot more under front, played a lot more trap three, and, and, and played a lot more man coverage against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then it was like it completely disappeared against Minnesota. And I can't figure out what the issue is other than those, that class personality. But the bottom line is, 
that defensive line should be able to overwhelm the Detroit Lions offensive line. The Detroit Lions offensive line has been suspect all year. They don't really have, uh, you know, very many guys up front who can do some of the things that the Minnesota Vikings offensive line did, which was stretch the field and make the Cowboys have to defend from sideline to sideline. Um, and they don't have a Dalvin Cook back there. So the very simple answer is to go ahead and roll that extra guy up, play an odd coverage, and allow the defensive talent of the Dallas Cowboys to overwhelm the run game so that Driscoll has to beat you. That's you know, kind of NFL one-on-one when it comes to defense against a backup quarterback. Now, the question is, is it going to get done? Um, I would like to think that it would. I would like to think that the Cowboys are smart enough not to make the same mistake they did against uh, the New York Jets, uh, which, you know, in the New York Jets game, they came in looking like they overestimated how well their defensive line would play against that offensive line. Now, of course, the New York Jets have Le'Veon Bell. It's a little different. Um, and Sam Darnold, who is actually a legitimate starting quarterback in this league when he's not seeing ghosts. Um, but at the same time, they played a lot of man coverage, got burned a lot, and didn't really do anything up front special to stop the run. So those are the things that have to get done in, in this game. they got to come in an extra guy. They're going to blitz. They're going to stunt. We saw that all game against Minnesota. You might as well put that extra guy up there and make it more difficult for them to block your six guys up front. You might as well go ahead and let the defensive talent, the secondary, account for the passing game against a quarterback who should not be able to make the type of precision throws that Matthew Stafford would make. And you should win the game. Bottom line, from start to finish, the Dallas Cowboys defense should dominate this game. But unfortunately, I can't sit here and tell you with confidence that that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that, Coach Ty. You are absolutely right about that. And for, uh, for you Cowboy fans, uh, here I've got it here. Ty Johnson, a late-round pick in this last uh, draft. And J.D. McKissick, uh, former Notre Dame and, and Seattle Seahawks running back, a little bit more of a uh, you know, change of pace guy, someone that that's capable of of having some success as a receiver, or just as much as an open space runner. Um, th- th- those are their options right now, guys. If 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 you're telling me that those guys are going to run wild on the Dallas Cowboys, um, then I'll be honest with you. I then then I'll tell you then then why in the world do we think this team's going to the playoffs? You know that 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 that's that's what I'll pose to you. You know, it just, it flat out to the, it, you know, we should be able to stuff, stuff that very, very easily. They've got a big offensive line. They got a physical offensive line. They got a tight end that can block and TJ Hawkinson. You know, this team is going to commit to running the football. That's for sure. And they're going to do it until you stop it. And they're going to keep doing it even after you stop it until the score dictates that they give up on it. I would love to see a defensive game plan take place, and more importantly than just a defensive game plan, defensive execution that says, nope, you're going to put the ball in the air. You're going to do what we don't think you're very comfortable doing. Would love to see it. Um, You know... And, and, you know, Coach, Coach Ty, and I mentioned this in the pre-show about, you know, this, this, this front 
just not being physical enough against the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, Antoine Woods made a few plays here and there. Malik Collins made a, a, a play or two as well. But it's just not consistent enough from our defensive tackles uh, to be able to stop the run on a regular basis. And going back to the trade deadline show that we did, you know, one name that um, that I mentioned I would have loved to have gotten here was Damon Snacks Harrison, who plays for Detroit currently and is a big run-stuffing DT. By the way, that's going to be a guy that, you know, that if the Cowboys think that they're going to get their run game going again, it's going to have to come with him in the way. Um, but, uh, but that's the thing, you know, it's that play up front. That's going to allow Leighton Vander Esch and, and Jalen Smith to run free. It's, it's, you know, it's them getting either penetration or holding a double team that is going to be able to give, you know, those players that opportunity to see things properly, to be able to react to things properly. Cause right now I don't even think those guys are reacting quick enough. Because they they just can't make out what's going on because the offensive line is getting what they want against us. However, you know, Coach Ty, talk about that, man. Talk. Everybody wants to say commit the safety. If Jeff Heathers was playing, yeah, we commit him to the box as an eighth man. Uh, if, if Darian Thompson's the guy, then we commit him to the box as an eighth man. But, you know, it starts with those first two DTs. It starts with the boys in the middle. Talk about that, Coach Ty, and how important their play is. Guys, these are a couple of guys that need contracts soon. Malik Collins is an unrestricted free agent. Antoine Woods is an uh, exclusive rights free agent at the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken, or a restricted free agent. Bottom line, the Cowboys can retain his rights whether or not he accepts a tender or not. But at the end of the day, these are two guys playing for paychecks, playing for a payday. You know, what do we need to see from those two in the middle, Coach Ty? Guys are in their pay. I mean, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that they're not. And, you know, we talked about this pre-show. And, again, I'm very careful not to criticize coaches because it's very easy to sit in the seats that we do and not be with those guys and criticize game plan and criticize philosophy. Um, particularly when they're losing, and then, you know, turn around when they're winning and go, oh, he's so wonderful. Um, you know, it's just like every week now. It's dependent on the outcome. We either want to fire Jason Garrett or we want to keep Jason Garrett. Uh, that's ridiculous, and I think it's a waste of time. But what I will say, and this is what I see from results over the last few weeks, particularly against Minnesota, you've got two guys in there, like you said, who are playing for contracts, and if you were going to ask me to be Will McClay or, or even Jason Garrett and decide whether or not I wanted to offer right now, the answer would be absolutely not. They're the only two defense, true defensive tackles you have on this team, and they're not doing their jobs. So you have to do things like slide somebody in there who's a hybrid, like a Mike, you know, Kerry Hyder, like a Michael Bennett. And those guys are not meant to be down there for multiple plays. And the problem with that, too, is that you've got all these defensive ends that we have on our roster that we could overwhelm people with in the passing game, but if you can't stop the run game, you're not going to be ahead enough to put a Michael Bennett or a Kerry Hyder down in a one- or three-technique position, use their quickness against a pass rush when they can isolate somebody one-on-one because the play-action game is too effective against this team 
because they can't stop the run. And until those two guys do their job and allow Leighton Vanderish and allow Jalen Smith to do what they do. I don't think Leighton Vanderish and Jalen Smith are worse this year than they were last year. I think that the Dallas Cowboys defensive line is not as hungry. And you see it in the way that the game unfolds. When it's third and four or third and five, and they can run the football, the opponents for the Dallas Cowboys can run the football and consistently get first downs, then you know that that defensive line has to be held accountable for what they're not doing. Because it's not like the Dallas Cowboys secondary or the Dallas Cowboys linebackers are being outrun or being out-talented. They are not able to step up and make plays in the backfield when it matters. And that's losing football. It just is. And I think a lot of it has to do with the philosophy. And again, Rod Marinelli has a track record of success, but he also has a track record of being pretty stubborn about things when things are not going well. And Rod Marinelli is a guy who likes defensive end type bodies, even inside. The problem is you face a team like Minnesota who has not only the speed at the offensive line positions to get a reach block on that three technique, but the size and the strength to move that hybrid guy out of position so that the defense can't make a tackle and get a good angle on a running back like Dalvin Cook. Now, the Detroit Lions do not have that. But let me tell you something. If the Dallas Cowboys defensive line doesn't dominate this front going into the rest of their schedule and get those defensive tackles doing their jobs, then you can kiss the playoffs goodbye. They're not going to happen. Because until that is restored and you see that defensive line moving the line of scrimmage back into the backfield consistently. And again, that's the, the word of the day on this podcast is consistency. Then you're going to continue to see the Dallas Cowboys be shredded up front against mediocre backs. And the Dallas Cowboys are going to be in a position where that offense either has to bail us out or they're not going to be in a position to win the football game. And it starts with those two guys. They need to play like they want anything, much less a contract, that they want to be here and that they want to play at a starting level. Because right now, they're not elite. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and uh, I'll throw this out there. This is something I want to see. This is something flat out we just, we better see. I want to see this defense respond from a game in which they were absolutely embarrassed. You know, I, I don't disagree with you uh, that much about Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith not playing all that different from the way they were last year, and the play up front has been more of the problem. But I will say this. That was one of the more pathetic tackling performances in, in a, a two to two and a half year span of bad tackling performances that we have seen from our Dallas Cowboys. I don't know how you come in with any sort of, you know, in any sort of good mood on Tuesday when you get back to the facility, on Wednesday when you get back to work out on the practice field. That was embarrassing. They flat out whipped you man to man, flat out punched you in the mouth over and over and over, and we could not do anything to stop it. 
boy, if if you don't come out ready to start hitting somebody else in the mouth in this one against Detroit, once again, guys, what are we talking about here? We ain't talking about a playoff team if that's not the case. You know, I, the, the front seven, you boys better show up and you better be ready to bully somebody around. Bully somebody that, quite frankly, you should be able to, based not only on the injuries, but just the overall talent. And, you know, uh, that you've got to respond after a game like that. After an embarrassment like that, you have to respond. We did it against Philadelphia after that embarrassing loss to the New York Jets. Really a pair of bar- embarrassing losses. New Orleans, you know, was was obviously no loss is good in, in my personal opinion. But New Orleans was a different scenario. Green Bay, we went out and got embarrassed. We turned the ball over. They ran away with it early. New York Jets was embarrassing just because of the, the difference in talent on these two rosters. This Minnesota game, hey, they're a good football team. Don't, don't get me wrong. And they run the ball as well as anybody in the league. Kirk Cousins, when he's playing well, and more importantly, when the run game is a, you know is opening up things for him, he is a capable quarterback. That defense is very good as well. No doubt about it. That defense is one of the better defenses in the league. However, it's the manner in which you were beaten. If our defense can't respond... With a, a an intense, violent effort, then you know what I I I'll be worried. I'll be worried. Uh, you know about this team. Um, one other thing, by the way, too, I've said that these receivers are are, are a very underrated bunch. Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, Danny Amendola, T.J. Hawkinson at tight end. Guys, they can catch the football. Our secondary better come to play. You know, and and by the way, when I, I that that starts with Mr. Cheeto Bayawuzie, who right now I just I don't know. I'll tell you right now, if I'm the Detroit Lions, I that, that there are two things that I want to do because it's it's part of their 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 foundation of how they want to play offense. You're gonna have to run the ball. They are gonna slow the game down. They're gonna play a ball control type of game. Number two. When we have to throw it, I'm going after number 24. I'm, I'm lining up Kenny Galladay, who's a big physical receiver, up against Cheeto Bear And I'm saying, hey, bud, we're going to throw you some 50-50 balls because this guy don't know how to get his head turned around. Marvin Jones, we're going to get you lined up over there a little bit. We're going to see send you deep. Once again, this guy don't know how to get his head turned around. You know, I, I mean, that that's just that's how that's going to work. You know, that's exactly what I would plan to do it. So Cheeto, and and this is assuming that you've got a full-time role because after last week, I just don't know how you can't give a guy like Jordan Lewis or Anthony Brown an opportunity to start getting some reps over there at the starting corner position. I just don't. But if you are in that starting role, Cheeto Bayouzier, you better come with your A game because I if it's me, I'm attacking you. And that's just not this week. That's from this point forward. Anybody we play, that's who I'm going after. Number 24 when we have to throw it. So that's, but that's what I want to see. I want to see this team respond. I want to see Cheeto, you know, or whoever, you know, is opposite Byron Jones step their game up. Let's go ahead and close out the show now, Coach Ty. Um, you know, we've talked about this, and yes, it's been a very, uh, you know, this has been a very down show. 
you know, ag- it, it, you know, against a team that is is not all that good. But guys, you know, this is a team that's more than capable of beating these Dallas Cowboys. The Detroit Lions have not been an easy team to beat, not to not once this year. Last week against Chicago, they held a lead early, and yes, Chicago came back. You know, Detroit is a, a they're just a tough team. They're a tough out. Considering that, Coach Ty, uh, who wins this game? What's the score, sir? Well, as critical as I am about what's happened, I do believe that there is some character in this locker room still and that the players are going to rally and not be satisfied with you know the almost victory against Minnesota. I think they're going to take that out on Detroit a little bit, and I hope that that generates a fast start. I'm not going to say I believe it will, but I, I hope that it does. Um, I don't think, particularly if Matthew Stafford starts, that Detroit's going to be able to offensively go score for score with the Cowboys, uh, which, you know, he's been the, the kind of the straw that stirs a drink when it comes to keeping games uh, close uh, for this organization this year. If he's not playing, then, you know, I think it's going to be, you know, 30 to 17. Um, if he does play, it could be 28-24, and I think it'll be the Cowboys, but it's going to be another scare. Um, I just don't see the consistency to believe that they're going to blow anybody out at this point. And um, I'm hoping that my predictions actually come to pass and that the Cowboys come out, come out on top regardless. But the first quarter is going to really tell us a lot about this game. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. And you know what? It'll tell us a lot about this game, whether we win or lose. Dallas Cowboys, if you guys do not come out and execute early and have a strong game plan on both sides of the football, then guys, uh, this win really doesn't matter, to be perfectly honest with you. It won't. If we can't get off to a better start than we've been doing, we will not beat New England. We will not beat teams like the Rams, but probably won't beat teams like Buffalo, you know, in Chicago. But, you know, it's just not going to happen. I'll tell you what, Coach Ty, one thing I want to point out about this game that I think uh, has some hidden, uh, some hidden, you know, momentum, some hidden, you know, I I guess, you know, meaning to the game. John Kitna has done an exceptional job with Dak Prescott. You know, it's funny. Everybody, you know, the the clips of Dak Prescott's pregame routine, you know, went viral and, and, uh, and, you know, that was a big talk all week. And we've heard a lot about Kellen Moore. And on the Big D Beatdown, we have tried to do a, a very responsible job of, of giving credit to not just Kellen Moore when this offense has had success, not just Dak Prescott or the players when it's had success, but also some of these position coaches too. And John Kitna, a longtime former Detroit Lion, I'm sure he'd love to go out and get this win. You always love beating your former team. You know, Detroit, I'll tell you right now, John Kitna, I would love to see John Kitna, you know, um, you know, get a game ball at the end of this one because, hey, Dak Prescott and this offense went out and, 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 you know, spanked an an inferior football team on the rear the way they're supposed to. Uh, You know, having said all that, you know, I, I... consistency is the key word of this show, like you said. And I, you know, something tells me, I don't know how consistent these Cowboys are going to be. 
sure, I think they'll 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 have plays that uh, you know plenty of, of instances where we flash you know good things. I think we'll have better you know that's not been something that's been uncommon with the Cowboys. By the way, there's been plenty of games where you could look at the Cowboys and say, hey. Y'all were better than them on most of the snaps or a good portion of the snaps. It's just, you know, but on third down, you flubbed it. On, you know, second and five, you turned it into third and 15 with a penalty. You know, you got in the red zone and you completely, you know, butchered the situation, had to come away with three points. Since your kicker out on the field, he missed it. We didn't come away with any points. You know, I just, I, it's, yeah, the Cowboys are going to be better than the Detroit Lions on the majority of downs. The problem is, I think Detroit's going to still find ways to win a good portion of downs themselves. I think their game plan to shorten this game is going to be something that they're able to stick with for quite a while in this game. Having said that, I think, you know, the Cowboys win this football game. I do. We're just a better team than Detroit. And at the end of the day, I think, you know, our, uh, you know, that, that our talent overwhelms them. But I do think it's going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a game where you come out of it and there are some people that will say, hey, at least we got the win. And there are others that say, yeah, we won. But that's not a team that can beat the teams we've got coming up on the roster. Coming off a disappointing effort, uh, you know, that's what I think we come out of this saying. I think this is going to be a game that not very many people are going to remember because there's just not going to be that much to remember about it. And yeah, we'll end up beating an inferior team in the Detroit Lions. I'm going to go with us winning 24-17, but um, I'm going to go with this being another game that we come out of similar to the way we did with the Miami Dolphins, even though we beat them, similar to the way we did with each of those first three victories, where, yeah, we won, but there was still a lot that didn't go right. That's what I think this is going to be. I'm going Cowboys 24-17, and I'm going with a a negative vibe to this show next week. And and guys, hey, we don't set out to be negative on this show. We're not pessimists over here. We love our Cowboys. We're passionate just like every other Dallas Cowboy fan. Unfortunately, right now, our Cowboys are giving us very little to be enthusiastic about. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show there, guys. Uh, be sure and join us next time. Coach Ty, King Cunningham, and, and me, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about this Detroit Lions game. We're going to talk about whether or not, win or lose, whether or not we think this team gained any momentum. This team showed that, you know what, that they can be trusted against a playoff contender like the New England Patriots, like the Buffalo Bills, like the Los Angeles Rams and Philadelphia Eagles. We'll talk about all that next time. And don't forget to visit us over at pigskinnut.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football news and podcasts, where you can find everything we do on the Cowboys. If you want quality football analysis with independent opinions from people who know and understand the game, head over to pigskinnut.com. Pigskin Nut for those crazy about football. Also, if you like what you hear, guys, be sure and subscribe to us. On We are available on a variety of platforms. The Big D Beatdown can be found in the Apple and Google Podcast stores, as well as on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Podbeam. Click the subscribe button, and they'll notify you every time we put out an episode. Also, guys, be sure and search us up on social media. We have plenty. We absolutely 
have plenty of people keeping our eyes and we want to hear what you have to say. If we're being too, you know, if we're being too negative, let us know. Thanks for joining us today on the Big D Beatdown, guys. For Coach Ty Rogers, I'm Austin Smith. Have a good one, Cowboy fans. And we are back here on the Big D Beatdown. I'm your host, Austin Smith, joined as always by Coach Ty Rogers. And we are talking about the Cowboys-Lions game that is coming up this weekend. And, uh, you know, Coach Ty, let's, um, let's, let's, let's start with Dak Prescott. You know, let's start on, on with a bright spot on this team. Because let me tell you something, Coach Ty. Dak Prescott in that game against Minnesota, I, he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in football. And it's funny because I've never felt Dak Prescott belonged in that conversation. Don't believe he has the arm to compare with some of the best in this game. Don't necessarily believe um, he has the accuracy, uh, you know, to compare with some of the best in this game. But in the same sense, he did in this game. I mean, against Minnesota, uh, that throw to Randall Cobb to start the drive that ended with him trying to get it to Zeke Elliott on fourth down and, and basically ended the Cowboys' chances, that was gold. Those throws to Amari Cooper on the sideline, I mean, I, I think I read somewhere that th- uh, uh, in the entire NFL this week, the 10 least likely receptions of the week across the league, five of them belong to Dak, uh, were, were Dak Prescott throws. And what I mean by that is five balls that when they were thrown, where that were, they were where they were thrown, how they were thrown, the, the, the 10 least likely passes that should have been caught, that were, five of them belonged to Dak Prescott. That's impressive. And yes, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, some of these guys made some outstanding catches. Uh, Michael Gallup, you know, on, on, a, on a low one. But, but, I mean, you know, he just looked like he, he was playing at a, a level that we have probably not seen you know, here, how do you think Dak Prescott responds to that, Coach Ty? Because, man, I'd love to see him go on an MVP run. I'd love to see, and, and I'm not saying Dak Prescott is going to win the MVP, but I'll tell you right now, that last, that final drive against the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm not talking about the Hail Mary drive, I'm talking about the one prior to that. I'm talking about the one where he marched down, throw after throw after throw after throw, and then was robbed of his opportunity to put the cherry on top by his coaching staff and their play calling. That's the drive I'm talking about. And that would have been an MVP-style moment to a quarterback who's second in the league in passing right now. On an offense that is number one in the league in yards at a comfortable rate. I, do, do you think Dak Prescott takes off and runs with this now, Coach Ty? Is that what you want to see from him? Yeah, it's what I want to see from him, and I don't doubt that that, that will happen. Um, Dak Prescott is playing as well as any quarterback in the league. Now, I know all the buzz is about Russell Wilson right now and about Lamar Jackson. Two things on that. Number one, Russell Wilson is playing in a division where he is kind of like you talked about with Detroit. He is a play-action, ball-control quarterback. So a lot of the things that he does, and again, they're winning, and so that's something that you know a lot of people um, you know, want to say, oh, well, he's the MVP. His team is winning, but I don't know that he's doing as much as people are saying he's doing. 
Uh, he does a good job of play action. He does a good job of you know being there in the clutch and, and making throws. Um, but he's not making near as many throws as Dak Prescott. Uh, Lamar Jackson, it's like we're back in 2014. Um, all of a sudden, again, defenses can't stop the freaking option. Um, and, you know, I don't take away from what Lamar Jackson does. Lamar Jackson is much more than his predecessors. He's a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. He's a better quarterback than Robert Griffin III, who ironically backs him up in Baltimore. Um, because he can do a lot of the things in the pocket and do a lot of things throwing the football um, that those guys couldn't do. Uh, but ultimately, the teams that they're playing, and you, you, know, you saw it firsthand if you watched the New England and Baltimore game, they couldn't stop his legs. They couldn't stop him running the football. Dak Prescott is surgically picking defenses apart. Anybody who blames Dak Prescott, and I, you know, it, it happens in every NFL game, and there's always a fan who's going to say, oh, well, the quarterback's garbage. It does not matter how well he plays. Dak Prescott is playing as well as any quarterback in the league. I think he's playing better than any quarterback in the league, with maybe the exception consistently of Aaron Rodgers. And the reason is, is because he has figured out how to throw the football on rhythm. He's figured out how to audible to get the ball into Amari Cooper's hands, into Randall Cobb's hands, um, into Michael Gallup's hands, and then use the weapons that he has supplementary to that, Blake Jarwin, Tavon Austin, um, you know, to be able to get key first down. Jason Witten, uh, all those guys that are, you know, supplementary in the passing game. And he's doing a great job with accuracy. So, I want to see him take off because I think he deserves it, regardless of as many people who would say, oh, well, he hasn't won enough for the Cowboys. He hasn't clutch enough, blah, blah, blah. That's not Dak Prescott's fault this year. And everybody who's watching, if you listen to some of the announcers who have watched Dak Prescott over the years, and again, not that announcers are experts, but they do see a lot more games than the average fan who just watches a one team. They're talking about how great Dak Prescott's improvement has been this year. Um, I, I would love to see them make him the feature in the offense that he deserves to be. I have no problem with Zeke, and as an offensive line coach, nothing makes me happier than a running back who can dominate a game. But the most difficult thing in any level of football, and particularly in the NFL, which is such a copycat, generic league when it comes to the way that people prepare, is a quarterback who can run the football and throw the type of accuracy that Dak Prescott can. The thing that made me most angry about the Minnesota game was not that they ran the ball three times in a row. It's that they ran the ball three times in a row, and Dak Prescott never had the opportunity to pull the ball and go score. He's six foot four and 250 pounds. It's ridiculous. When somebody's playing like that, you have to feed them. Anybody knows that as a coach at any level. And the Dallas Cowboys need to recognize what they've got and realize that if they don't let him loose to do the things he needs to do, they're not going to make the playoffs. And if they do let him loose, they've got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Just the bottom line. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, you know, we, we said it in the uh, recap show, me and, uh, me and Ken did. You know, um, guys, you, you, <laughs> and, and you and I said it in the pre-show to this too, Coach Ty. You know, 
yeah, the run game is struggling against Minnesota. You know what will make it a heck of a lot better? One time, one time of your quarterback pulling that sucker out and going the opposite way with it untouched for 20-something yards for a big chunk. That right there will, I, th- th- I, I'm not saying it will break a defense's will, but that right there will spook them enough to the point where they're like, okay, wait a minute, guys, now we finally saw it. Now we, you know, we've got to start accounting for the quarterback. We've got to start accounting for the quarterback. And what does that do? It takes a defender away from 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 the 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 game plan, from the game plan of, of stopping that run, which is exactly what Minnesota wanted to do. And you know, and I that, that that's the thing. I was going into this, you know, I, I honestly what I'd like to see them do against Detroit. I would love to see this team throw the football to open up the run game, which is something that's it's all we've always done it the other way around, you know, since Dak Prescott's been a part of this team. Throw it to open up things for Zeke. You know? I'd love to see that, but 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 that's the thing. Uh, that's only part of what, you know, uh, of of what can help. And I agree with you, coach Ty. Pull Dak Prescott on a few of these read options, have him pull the ball or have at least give him the option to. That's the thing. I'm sorry, folks. He had no option on in that Minnesota game to pull any of those zone reads. None. When you're handing the football off with one hand with a running back who is going to smother that thing and you're going to have to yank it out of his belly and go the other way with it. You're not doing that with one hand. Give him the option to pull it. That's all you need to do. And I promise you, that extra safety that's in the box or that backside linebacker or that backside defensive end is going to start slamming on the brakes. And they will no longer be part of the effort to stop Ezekiel Elliott. I don't care how they get it done, but it has to revolve around Deck Prescott opening up things for Zeke Elliott. And I believe... He is more capable of doing that at this point than he ever has in his career. Zeke has made Dak's job easier for probably close to three and a half seasons. Right now, the way Dak Prescott is playing, he can make Zeke's job easier. Period. Period, period. And you know what? I tell you what, with this with this um, passing game going the way it's been going, uh, Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, all these guys, you know, I would be delighted to see Michael Gallup or Blake Jarwin, two guys that have, have certainly had their moments at times. I would love to see them step up and be a third consistent option in the passing game. I would love to see one of them, just just something, you know, that teams have to say, man, you know, well, you know, obviously you have to prepare for Amari Cooper. There's no doubt about that. You have to comp- prepare for Amari Cooper. If you don't, I mean, he he will burn you constantly. We've seen it all. We've seen it ever since he's had a star on his helmet. We've seen it. You know, Randall Cobb has got his role. Dominate in the middle of the field. You know, um, uh, a lot of the possession routes that slots usually run. Uh, we 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 know what what Randall Cobb offers. I'd love to see Blake Jarwin, whether it's Blake Jarwin on the on the perimeter one on one or Blake Jarwin down the middle of the field, constantly pushing the seam. I'd love to see 
him get that consistency, you know, as a weapon in this offense. And if it's not him, then Michael Gallup. I'd love to see Michael Gallup constantly be the one that they say, hey, guys, you know, yeah, you are the, the, the defenses you just flat out can't afford to single cover Amari Cooper anymore. If you do, I mean, you're you're your own worst enemy. So, assuming that's not going to happen very very often anymore, Michael Gallup, I want to see him be the one-on-one I mean, the one-on-one matchup guy that we constantly say, hey, bud, you can't cover him on a slant. You can't cover him on that in-breaking dig. You can't cover him on, you know, the nine-stop or the curl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you you can't cover him on the comeback route. And, oh, yeah, if you get up and press him, you can't be, you can't go up and get the ball like he can on the deep route. I want to see, you know, one of those two, if not both, develop a a consistent presence in this passing attack the way Randall Cobb has the way Amari Cooper has and the way we know Jason Witten can when we're willing to use it now that we don't always have to but yes Jason Witten we know Jason Witten if we need that possession you know guy that Jason Witten is going to be there I want to see one of those two younger guys develop that role though we're going to go ahead and take another break when we come back me and coach Ty are going to get into this defense uh, against the Detroit Lions offense that on paper should be very, very beatable. However, paper don't mean much nowadays when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get to all that when we get back here on the Big D Town. <laughs> 